Welcome to Wine with HR. I'm Jules. Hey there, I'm Trish. Lawyers turned HR professionals. Through our company, Monarch Endeavors, we guide employers through their oh shit moments with their employees. In this podcast, we will discuss some of the most common (laughs) and commonly frustrating HR problems while enjoying our favorite adult beverage, wine. So sit back, grab a glass if you choose, and join us as we think about and drink about all things HR. Welcome to episode three already of Wine with HR. We have another awesome show for you today. Julie, what are we talking about? Today, we are going to be talking about succession, not the TV show. Sorry, fans, but sort of (laughs) like the TV show, because if you don't plan for who your future leaders are going to be, you can often end up in a mess where the company ends up stalling out or not going anywhere, or even your particular department really starts to suffer. So today we're going to talk about identifying future leaders and the best ways to do that. But before we get started, what? You know, we got to talk about the wine. Oh, yeah. How can I forget the W-I-N-E of our program? Right. Right. So, So, Trish, what you drinking? What am I drinking today? Okay, so I am drinking something called Matua. It is a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, Of course, it is from New Zealand. And um, I really, really got excited about this one because they started talking about their passion. Apparently, they were the first to produce the Sauvignon Blanc grape in Ooh. New Zealand. And they said that their passion for the grape has not stopped growing, which I thought was a really great little pun. Um, and they are from Marlborough. And um, so far, my first couple of sips, it, it has really nice hints of grapefruit, which I truly, truly enjoy from a Sauvignon Blanc. So I'm very happy about this one. What are you doing, Jules? So I am drinking a Forest Hill Vineyard Block 9 Shiraz. And I had to put my uh, reading glasses on to be able to read the (laughs) tiny, tiny print on this label. I am definitely 49, but just 49. Happy belated birthday to me, y'all. Happy Uh, birthday to you. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, no singing. I promise. Yeah. (laughs) So this was established in 1965. It is family owned and run, and the Black Nine Shiraz is a single site wine from dry grown vines planted in 1985. Pretty sure that's an eight. Can't promise you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I have to say, at first sip, there's definitely a lot of like blackberry, a little bit of black pepper, maybe. It's very nice. It's very nice. Final verdict to be rendered at the end of the show. I will be very excited to hear that. You're going to have to send me that one. That sounds delicious. Something right up my alley. Yeah, I think you would like it. <laughs> All right. So today's W-H-I-N-E is, again, how do you identify future leaders? So you know you're going to need people in the future to take over leadership roles. Uh, And even if you think the people that you have now are set and they're never going to leave, you'd never know what's going to happen. So people could leave for any variety of reasons. It doesn't mean that they don't care about the company anymore. It might not even be within their control. 
there may be a tragic circumstance, which we hope never comes around, but trust me, I have been there with many employers when that has happened. Uh, so there does need to be a plan in place. You need to start looking at your teams and your employees and trying to figure out who really are going to be the next generation of leaders. So that's uh, part of what we're going to talk about today. Trish, you want to add to that? I, of course, want to add to that <laughs> because we don't want to just look to the future. We want to look to the here and now, right? So how can identifying and developing these future leaders, how can it help us today? And so that's what I really want to focus on um, for my part of it is talking about how that process actually benefits your specific departments, your team, and your entire business on a daily basis. Um, it can lead to improved work quality, stronger teams, and even employee retention. So we will get into that a little bit later. But for now, let's move forward with some solutions for developing your future leaders. All right. So how do you identify your potential future leaders? I know this one is going to seem really outside the box, but ask them. What? <laughs> <laughs> ask people if they have any desire to be a leader. If you remember, or if you joined us in our last episode, we talked about the Rockstar Superstar model and how some people do want to climb the ladder and they want to keep getting to the next level. So ask your people. If you're unsure, ask them if they have any interest in taking on any additional leadership responsibility or if they have any aspirations to get to a particular position within the company. Because you may be thinking, for whatever reason, that somebody doesn't want to. So, for example, I've seen it happen where somebody is like, oh, but they've got four young kids right now and they just have so much going on. They've got a sick parent. They've got this. They've got that. I just don't want to even ask them right now because I don't want them to feel pressured to say yes. Okay, that's all well and good. And again, it's kind intentions, but you don't know what they feel about it. And they may very well say to you, you know what, now is not a good time, but check back with me in six months. But at least then you know. And the other thing that happens with that, sort of like we talked about last time, making people feel like they belong and making them feel valued and appreciated, just asking shows that you see value in that person. And so even just asking the question, even if they say, no, I'm not ready, or even if it doesn't pan out that can go a long way towards making your employees feel valued and respected and appreciated. So again, I know, crazy, ask them. So that's number one. Uh, the second thing is look at how your employees are performing right now. Do you have employees who are consistently exceeding expectations? Do you have employees who have a lot of initiative, who solve problems without being asked to solve them? or who come to you and say, okay, so this just happened, but here's my plan. People who exhibit those sorts of tendencies tend to be your natural leaders. So those are the people you kind of want to be looking out for. You want people who have a track record of success in their job, but also in being able or have the potential to manage people. Uh, and so I'm going to turn it over to Tricia to talk a little bit more about that aspect of things. 
I love that segue because it is perfect for what I was thinking about. Episode one, Julie, what did we say? Managers are promoted because they are good at their jobs, not because they are good managers or not because they have the people skills to be good managers. So yeah, you've identified your top performers. But as I've mentioned before, you guys have probably figured this out and it's only episode three. I love those soft soft skills that they call them, right? So that's what I want to start with, the soft skills. So what are they? Why should you focus on them? The first one, do they have a positive attitude? If you guys have ever had to manage change within your organization, think about the different ways you can do that. If I come at you and I say, oh, leadership, they're awful. They're making us do that. And they're making us do this. And this is the stupidest. They don't ever talk to us. And I'm I'm saying all of this stuff. Are my employees going to respond positively and give that change a chance? Of course they're not, right? But if I come at them and say, like, I'm so excited, management, listen to us. They know that we want to make this change. They know that we're really trying. So I want you guys to give this an opportunity, right? I want you to give it a chance. Tell me what works. Tell me what maybe we could still improve upon. Same message, but completely different. So do they have a positive attitude? When it comes to communication, do they have strong communication skills, which includes listening? right? We don't want just someone who is has great verbal skills, but do they have a full set of communication skills? Remember, again, our last episode when we talked about listening to your employees and creating a welcoming environment where everyone can feel safe, valued, heard. Um, so that would be the next one I would throw in there. Oh, wait, speaking of our last episode, let's go to adding relationships, building relationships, because we want them to be able to work well with their team, of course. But what happens when they go outside of your department? What happens when they have to work with the C-suite? Are they able to take those skills and work with those that they're not used to working with, or maybe they feel intimidated by, or that they're uncomfortable working with. So we want to make sure that they're great at building relationships. We can go from there on to problem solving. Julie has already mentioned, you know, is this a person who comes to you and presents a solution or Are they a person who just comes and lays problem after problem? Because what I want to see with my upcoming managers is someone who says, here's the issue we're facing. Here's how I plan to solve it. I'm I'm always a come at me with solutions type person. But on the flip side of that, I don't want them to take everything themselves, right? We don't want them to do it all themselves either. So can they delegate? That's another thing I want to see. You know, one of the the problems that I I see with some of the of the people we work with is that managers saying, "Well, I have this, I have this, I have this, I have this. I don't have time to worry about talking to my team. I don't have time worrying about this." Well, so I want to know: Do you have the delegation skills? Right? Do you have the ability to prioritize what is important, what you can do, and do you have the trust, like we talked about last episode, in your employees? Uh, to be able to 
delegate those things that you really don't need or shouldn't even be touching. So that's where I would go from there. I think that's a pretty good place to start. Well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, because again, being a leader is so much more than just being good at your job. Right. If if you want people to follow you, you got to give them a reason. And so all those soft skills that you've been talking about are the reasons. You know, if it, again, if people can trust that you're going to do what you say you're going to do, uh, you know, there's that common phrase about leaders where if, you know, it goes well, you give the credit to the team. And if it goes bad, you take all the blame. And that really <laughs> is true, you know, and people appreciate that and will usually chime in and say, no, no, it wasn't just you, you know, if things go awry. Uh, but it's important that they know that future leaders are going to have their back, you know, so you want to look for those people who have those types of qualities, who have the ability to get people to join in with them and to follow what they're doing and to follow their lead. So I think that's really important. You also uh, want to, one thing I was thinking about is, you know, we often will ask other leaders in the company, like, hey, who do you think is a rising star? Who do you think could be a good leader? And those are important opinions because they, as you said, Trisha, are interacting with this person on a little bit of a different basis. Uh, and so there may be some things that come out that show this person's strengths, that they're able to reach across and collaborate with different teams and, and things like that. But I also think it's important that you watch how they interact with people that report to them or people that would report to them. For sure. You want to see how they are treating everyone. So even people that would be technically reporting to them or be below them in the hierarchy chain, how are they treating them? Uh, because again, you want somebody who people are going to follow. And if they are getting sort of a dictator complex, then that may not, you know, may not work so well. <laughs> <laughs> Could not agree more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So now you've identified some leaders. What do you do? you give them the opportunity to prove you right. So one of the things you can do is assign them as a, a lead to a new project. So it's just for that project. You can tell them, and I would suggest telling them, be upfront with them that, hey, I believe in you. I think you're ready for this. Uh, but this is a test to see if you're ready to do this full time. And so then you put them as a lead on a particular project it's very important, however, that you set out the expectations and you have a method for giving them feedback on a regular basis during this project so that they know what they're doing well and where they may be lacking so that they can correct it in the moment and as they go along. And you can see their growth over the course of that project, however long it may be. Uh, so that's one of the most important things that you could do is give them that practical experience. Make sure that if you can't designate them as a team lead for a project, some other things you could do is have them create a presentation for a client or give a big pitch uh, at a meeting. You could have them participate in your leadership training program if you have one, uh, or you could offer them executive coaching so that they can develop the skills that they're going to need to become that leader that you need them to be someday. So what would you add to that, Trisha? I would probably go to the why, 
you and I are very big on the why. So why is all of this helpful or how can it help you? And so it goes back to what we said at the beginning of the episode. So how is this going to help you daily? So yeah, it's going to help you in the future, but what's what's the uh, return right now, right? And so we're going to talk about how it can improve work quality, create stronger teams, and then retention, as we mentioned. So for the work quality, I would say it's very simple. When your employees are recognized for their hard work, for achieving goals, well, don't they feel good about themselves? Don't they feel trusted? Don't they feel like they love their manager, right? Oh, I feel like I'm a part of a team. So they are going to keep working harder to keep that approval. On top of that, you have other team members who see them doing this. They say, oh, wow, they're being actually rewarded for their efforts. You know, all of us have been in a situation, no matter how hard you worked, no matter what you did, you just weren't recognized for your efforts. And and it kind of, well, it gets depressing and it makes you want to quit, makes you want to leave, right? But if you see people that are rewarded for their efforts, if you see them achieving the goals and, and getting recognized for it, then I think that that's motivating for other team members as well, even if they are not the ones that you're looking at to be future leaders. So that would be the first thing I would want to talk about. And then that in and of itself would lead to building stronger teams because that belief in each other, that belief in self, it's absolutely contagious. They see that you believe in them. They see that the C-suite believes in them. And all of a sudden, they've got this new confidence. And as they build this confidence, they start to take risks. They get more ingenuitive, which again is going to pay off for the company in the long run because they're going to come up with these new great ideas or share these ideas that they've already had that maybe they wouldn't have before. And then, of course, that goes back to the, well, they're going to share them to begin with. Because if they aren't recognized, if they haven't been encouraged, if they don't feel safe, then they're not going to share the ideas and they're not going to be willing to collaborate with others. If they're, oh, look, here I go again, going back to our last episode, if they feel safe within their work group, then they're going to be more willing to collaborate with each other. And so that will, again, build your stronger teams. And I have to go to retention real quick. Throwing out a stat here because I love our stats. This is one that I saw several months ago uh, when I was looking at creating um, uh, something for one of our clients. And it was LinkedIn back in 2019, but I still think it's super important right now. 94% of employees say they would stay at a company longer if it invested in helping them learn. 94%. So this is how you improve retention, right? You let your employees know about the development opportunities that are available. You show them 
how your organization is going to help them or uh, support them even in achieving those goals. This is going to create an atmosphere where people are going to want to stay. I mean, 94%. Yeah, that's a huge number. Isn't and it? It's, it's true. And it reminds me of a, a point that I think is really important, which is not everybody is going to be able to advance in your company. Not everybody has a position to which they can succeed to the next level, right? There are some jobs, for example, at a law firm, if you are a legal assistant, there's really nowhere higher to go unless you decide to go back to school and become a paralegal or a lawyer, et cetera, et cetera. And people do that. That's fine. But if you have positions for which there's a ceiling and people have nowhere higher to go, it doesn't mean that you still can't help them be leaders in the company. Agreed. You can help them figure out ways that they want to develop. So to your point, it's not always about getting to the next level. It's about knowing that somebody cares enough about your professional development to invest in you. So you can have conversations with your employees about what are your goals? What would you like to learn more of? Is there something that you would like to achieve? Maybe there's a certification. Maybe there's a particular class they'd like to take. Maybe there's a certain skill they would like to learn. Maybe there's something that they see where there's a hole that they could fill if they just had X, Y, or Z in their pocket. And you can talk to them about that and make that happen. That's going to make them feel that they're valued and appreciated and they're going to stay around longer, just like that statistic says. So that's really important to not get pigeonholed into thinking only about those who can advance up the ladder, but developing all of your people. And leadership takes many forms. And sometimes we tend to discount the ones that don't have, you know, the VP or the CEO or the the C-suite title next to them. And we forget how much of an impact other people in the organization can have if they really believe in the company and they're really there and really just trying to make a difference in a good way. Could not agree more. Um, And then the other point I wanted to make is, you know, we've been talking about how you identify future leaders and it's really important to do that. But it's also important to keep in mind that a lot of times our own biases come into play. And so we may not always be the best judges of who would be a good leader. And so we also need to create a way for people to come forward and to let you know that they would like to be a leader. Even if they're not ready, that opens the door for a conversation about what they need to do to become a leader. And going back to, we keep referring to our last episode, but that's the beauty of all of this stuff. It all goes together. But going back to the example of the individual who stuttered and felt like he was always cut off, that is somebody who probably would not ever be pegged as a future leader. But if you ask that person, and I don't know this person, but if you ask that person, he might very well say, yes, I have all of these great ideas. I have all of these things that I think that we could do. I would love to be in a leadership position. But that's somebody who wouldn't normally make the cut, so to speak, if you're just looking around the room and identifying people. So we want to be a little bit careful about it. 
you know, do all the things we said, look for all the signs that we've talked about, but also take a step back, take a look around and say, who are the quiet people who wouldn't necessarily be the first on the list, but that's more so because they just, we don't know them as well. And maybe we don't know enough about them or what their goals are or what they have to offer. And maybe we need to have some conversations about that. Biases. That sounds like a future episode. Yes. Yes. It, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or, or two or, or three. four or five. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the biggest things is however you decide to identify your future leaders, do not wait until the last minute. You should have them identified before the person currently in whatever position you're thinking may need to be filled leaves because you don't want to have that gap where you're scrambling around and then you're sort of forced to put somebody in the position who might not be the right fit. You need to start developing them now. Think about how long it took you to be really comfortable in your manager role or your supervisory role. And you want to give this person a head start. They should be ready to step into your shoes if that becomes necessary, because you should have done the work ahead of time. And it really solves a lot of problems if you start thinking about it early on. I love that, Julie. And I have to say, going back to what you said, even before that, I want to take it one step further. Um, It's never too early to create development or succession plans for all of your employees, right? It goes back to exactly what you were saying. I mean, I typically start on the first day. Back in my previous life in HR, (laughs) I think I would freak people out. They would look at me like I had six heads because I would say to them, where do you want to be in a year? Where do you want to be in five years? You kind of see them look at you like, uh, today's my first day. Why are you asking me that? But it gets them thinking. It plants that seed in their head and and they start to go, oh, okay, they could be looking at me for growth in the future. So talk to your employees. If you don't have a succession plan or if you don't have a career development path for each of your employees, make sure that you start adding that as part of your orientation and onboarding process. Yes, it seems to take a lot of time, but as we've already talked about in this episode and in previous episodes, it is 100% worth it. The return is invaluable. Absolutely. I mean, imagine being an employee on day one and they're already talking to you about your future there. Exactly. A a strong message. Yeah, Yeah. you're planting a seed, right? It's like, oh, this isn't just another stop on the resume. This is somewhere I could stay for a while. Yeah. So, Julie, do we have any uh, little helpful tips in this episode like we usually do? No. 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 (laughs) Yes, of course we do. (laughs) All right. So my first tip is create a mentoring program. Uh, This is a good way to develop future leaders. It's also a good way to make all of your employees feel, again, valued. You keep hearing us say that, valued, uh, heard, appreciated, respected. Mm -hmm. Uh, But a mentoring program works for both the mentor and the mentee. So from the mentee side, it gives them a point person to go and talk to when they have questions about things. It gives them somebody to learn from. And it also shows them that, again, you cared enough to give them somebody who's going to watch over them. 
who's going to take the time and invest in them and invest in their development. From the mentor side, again, going back to my point about not everybody can advance up the ladder, you are showing them that you think enough of them that you are giving them the job to mentor somebody else, which is one of the most important jobs that an employee can have in the company. So even though they may not be able to make it up to the C-suite level or anything like that, by saying, I want you to mentor this person, you are saying, we recognize that you have contributed to the success of this company, that you have the skills, knowledge, and experience that we want to make sure is passed on to those employees coming in. It's a win-win. A mentorship program costs no money. It makes everybody feel good. So it's one of the easiest, most efficient and productive things that you can do to cultivate your future leaders. I love that. Before I get to my first helpful tip, I'm going to say something that I know Julie is going to be shaking her head. Y'all won't be able to see it, but I guarantee you she's going to be like 100%. Please, you as leaders or you as HR professionals, create that mentoring program. Don't let people pick the person they're going to mentee. Um, That's where we see a lot of bias come in and where we see a lot of people left out. And then that whole uh, belonging thing we talked about in our last episode kind of goes out the window. So make sure that you are involved in that and that you make sure that it's mutually beneficial um, for both parties as well as the company. On top of that, then, my next tip would be If you have the opportunity to use a small team, then do it. So what I mean by that is if you have an opportunity to create a little team within your bigger team and have this future leader lead that small team, right, then you can give them an opportunity to test out their skills. It's a safe environment. It's a little bit of a smaller environment um, so that they can learn how to be a stronger leader and a stronger listener. Again, Julie already mentioned that you're going to want to have um, some performance expectations in place there. Um, But I think that that is, is a great opportunity for them to check this out and have it be on a smaller scale. They may decide, "Uh uh-uh, I don't want to do this. This isn't for me. Or heck yeah, I want to learn more. So it's a really um, safe and easy way to introduce them to leadership. And then once they are in that small team or again, leading that small project or whatever the case may be, you want to give them regular feedback about how they're doing and where where there is room for improvement. Now, we're going to do a whole episode on feedback and the best ways to do that. Uh, So I'm not going to get into that now because I know we've we've been talking for a little while here. Uh, But it's very important to give them regular feedback and let them know so they don't feel like they've just been thrown into the deep end and are trying to figure out how to swim. But you're there with them, supporting them and showing them the best way to lead uh, so that they can really develop those skills for the future. I love that. (laughs) You know I do. 
the other thing I would say is not just doing some feedback, but having just simple one-on-one meetings. It does allow potential leaders as well as those others that we've talked about, those that are more of your, your rocks or your rock stars, to learn the value of goal setting and then performance evaluation. You can even ask them, and this goes to what Julie alluded to for a future episode, you know, we talk about feedback or the feed forward method, um, ask them where they feel that their strengths lie, where they can improve, and how they plan to get there. You're not giving them how they're going to get there. You ask them how they're going to get there. And um, I know Julie used that on me. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Practice what we preach. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, a couple quick tips and then we'll uh, wrap this episode up. Also, it's a great idea to develop a management training program if you don't already have one. Uh, There are a lot of resources out there. As you know, we have our own manager boot camp that we can do live, virtual, or online, you know, just saying. Uh, But that's a great program for managers and really uh, gives you a lot of skills and a lot of knowledge about uh, all the things we've been talking about in all of our episodes thus far. And again, it's a, kind of a simple thing to do, but if you tap people to be in that management training program or in that leadership development program, it again shows that you see a future at the company with them. You see a future for them. You see a future with them. And so that can go a long ways towards retention. Uh, and also just making them feel as if they belong. Oh, look at you tying back to earlier in this episode and our last episode. You're amazing. <laughs> yes. yes you know it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I have one final, one final tip. Um, please don't forget to challenge your future leaders. Give them an assignment or task that is just just a wee bit outside of their comfort zone. Um, The idea behind that is you're going to allow them, hopefully, to develop a new skill or learn a new way of approaching a task or problem. They can also learn new ways of approaching people if this is the first time that they've had their communication skills challenged. Um, this is this is a great way to do it. So I think that's that would be my final tip. Yes. So identify your future leaders now. Talk to them. (laughs) Talking. Are we back to that again? Yeah. Yeah. And start giving them opportunities. Uh, So with that, as we always do on every episode, we're going to circle back and see how the W-I-N-E is doing. So uh, I would have to say, Trish, that mine is still quite nice. I can still taste the uh, blackberry and pepper, maybe even a little plum now. It's pretty nice. It's hearty. Oh, I like that. What about yours? I'm going to say Matua does it right. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> if, if, if you are a Sauvignon Blanc drinker and you're looking for something that's sharp and crisp and grabs your attention, uh, I would say it is perfect for the upcoming summer months, which I'm so excited about. <laughs> please, please, Lord, bring them sooner please rather than later all right well thank you again everybody for joining us for another episode of wine with hr 
Uh, we always enjoy having you. As uh, we say at the end of every episode, if you have wine recommendations, please send them our way. Uh, and if you have any topics that you would like us to discuss or you have questions you would like us to answer, our contact information is in the show notes and we would love to hear from you. Don't forget to subscribe and <laughs> <Yes>. cheers. <laughs> cheers. Do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google, and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We We out. out.